0: N-P-R.
1: Darian and Adrian, hello.
2: Hey! Waylon Wong.
1: We're all about to go on a very special journey together. And uh, to start out, I'm going to play you a little clip.
2: And obviously this thing, in one way or another, was a huge mistake.
1: This thing, in one way or another, was a huge mistake. Mistake.
3: Intriguing.
2: You know
1: who this is, who's talking.
3: Uh, Like a CEO or a politician? I'm getting like
2: deposition vibes here.
1: (laughs) So the person speaking was Jamie Dimon. He's the CEO of JPMorgan Chase, the big bank.
2: Ah, yes. And
1: this is actually from the most recent company earnings call. So if he has that kind of deposition quality, I think it's because earnings calls are like very rote and boring. (laughs) I'm going to ask you guys, do you know what this big mistake is? What is Jamie Dimon talking about?
3: No, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, I've read the headlines, but, but the, like, the exact story is going to be intriguing.
1: OK, you are in for a treat. This is The Indicator from Planet Money. I'm Waylon Wong.
3: I'm Darian Woods. And I'm Adrian Ma.
1: Today on the show, one of the world's biggest banks acquires a promising tech company. And things go very, very wrong. It's a flashy tech startup story with some surprisingly low-tech twists and a web of alleged lies.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, BetterHelp. When you keep your stress bottled up, it can eat away at you. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to make them better. Try BetterHelp Online Therapy, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. At BetterHelp.com NPR today to get 10% off your first month. This message comes from NPR sponsor, REI Co-op. REI has gear, clothing, classes, and advice for camping and glamping, biking and hiking, axing and snacksing. Visit your local REI Co-op or REI.com for the million and one ways to opt outside.
1: Before I tell you guys what went wrong when J.P. Morgan bought the financial tech startup called Frank, I need to make sure you know what the FAFSA is.
3: I've heard of this, yeah, but for our international listeners, yeah, it's it's this whole amount of paperwork that college students have to fill in, in in America, right?
1: Right. It's a bunch of paperwork you have to do before you can get government help paying for college. It's actually a big pain in the butt to fill out. And so <laughs> right. so that is the promise of this startup, Frank. It's supposed to make it easier to fill out the FAFSA.
3: I mean, it seems like a service that is useful to people. Yeah,
1: useful to about 300,000 people. That is about how many users Frank had in the summer of 2021, which is where we're starting our story. That was when Frank's founder and CEO, Charlie Javis, approached J.P. Morgan about acquiring her company. But she told the bank that Frank had four million users.
3: Interesting. What's what's a couple of million between friends?
1: (laughs) And, you know, J.P. Morgan got really excited about this four million users number. By the way, just to foreshadow a bit, those numbers and what happens next is alleged in a lawsuit by J.P. Morgan with some pretty extraordinary documentation. So just to be clear, this is the bank's version of events. Ah. Now, back to the story. Darian, you are an executive at J.P. Morgan. You're sitting in your corner office reviewing these pitch materials from Frank that say the company has 4 million users. Mm. What are you dreaming about?
3: A lot of young people who are going to maybe stick with my bank for life.
1: Exactly. So J.P. Morgan asks Frank to prove it has over 4 million customers. Frank's CEO balks and says that's a privacy issue. But J.P. Morgan insists. So now Frank needs a plan. Uh, I don't know. W- w- what would you guys do?
3: I mean, the truth will set you free. Is that, is that too naive <laughs> <laughs> to say?
2: You could try to do like. Is there a way you could create like a bunch of fictional customers? Oh my gosh. And somehow pass them off as real. <laughs>
3: Adrian is a evil genius.
1: <laughs> you know what, Adrian? I do like where your head's at because what happens is, well, first, the CEO, Frank, Charlie Javis, asks the company's head of engineering if he can make some fake customer data. Wow. This engineer asks whether making this kind of data set is legal. And Charlie tells him, again, according to JP Morgan's lawsuit, that she doesn't think anyone will end up in a, quote, orange jumpsuit, end quote, over this project. (laughs) The head of engineering is like, hmm, pass. So then Charlie Javis and another executive, they do a couple of things. One thing they do is go out and buy a list of students from a marketing company that collects data on young adults, like high school students and college students. Then Charlie also hires a data scientist, a data science professor at a university to generate fake customer data. Wow. So there are lots of legitimate business use cases for what's called synthetic data. Like if you want to train AI with data sets without exposing real people's information. But it turns out it was really hard for this data science professor to come up with convincing fake customer data. Charlie even asks at one point, are these email addresses going to look fake? And he's like, yeah, they're going to look fake.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's only so many charlie underscore real student at gmail.com that <laughs> can come up with.
1: And so, like, for the email problem, they actually come up with a solution where instead of creating individual fake email addresses, they'll just generate a string of numbers and letters. And then Charlie will tell J.P. Morgan, oh, we obfuscated the real email addresses for privacy reasons, so these are unique identifiers.
2: Oh, what a tangled web. Okay, all right. I know. So,
1: Frank... <laughs> submits this list to J.P. Morgan. And now it is time for due diligence. What happens is because Frank has raised all these privacy concerns, J.P. Morgan is like, okay, we will get a third-party validation company to come in and vet your list of customers. But what happens is that all it does is make sure that the number of customers on the spreadsheet that Frank submits matches up with the number of customers frank says it has
3: <laughs> yeah that sounds like um shallow diligence undue diligence
1: <laughs> do nothing
3: do nothing diligence <laughs> when is this thing this whole thing gonna unravel
1: oh very soon very soon my friend so uh because the due diligence process passes with flying colors um <laughs> jp morgan acquires frank for 175 million dollars charlie javis becomes an employee of jp morgan now that the deal is done, JP Morgan is like, oh boy, howdy. Now I get to email all these people and sell them credit cards. And now remember, Frank does not have these email addresses because the ones they tried to get from the professor looked too fake, but they do really need to cough up some emails now. You can buy (laughs)
3: emails. I'm sure you can. I'm sure if there's one thing the internet can provide it's it's a (laughs) list of emails.
1: Bingo! Right? So, because remember like earlier on they had already bought one list of emails from a marketing company and then so now they go out and they find another marketing company and they buy more emails from that company and this is what they ship over to J.P. Morgan. They're like, here are the four million emails. Now, JP Morgan picks 400,000 emails out of this list to send a test marketing email to. Only 28% of the emails are even successfully delivered and the rest bounce. Ouch. This is considered an extremely low delivery rate in, you know, like the email marketing world. Like uh. JP Morgan is now really really suspicious so mm. they open an investigation and it actually does not seem to take them very long to figure out what happens because guess what charlie javis and her co-executive use their work email accounts to do all this correspondence and their work emails are now the property of one jp morgan chase because of the acquisition
2: there is a <laughs> <lesson for> you. <laughs> They had all of their discussions.
1: Can you believe it? It's like, man, they should have just done all of this over the phone. Wow. (laughs) And that is the tale of what J.P. Morgan says happened with Frank. And again, these allegations come from a lawsuit the bank filed against Charlie Javis and another Frank executive. But here's an interesting wrinkle. Charlie actually sued them a couple days before they sued her. She wants to recoup the legal fees she racked up while they were investigating the Frank deal. In her lawsuit, Charlie calls the bank's investigation into her conduct groundless, and she says she was terminated in bad faith. And FYI, guys, I did reach out to her lawyers to get more clarity on that, but they didn't get back to us.
2: I don't know. What is the moral of this story?
1: (laughs) Well, I was, like, thinking about, you know, like, what should we learn about, you know, the tech industry or about startups? And I realized that, like, even though we were talking about tech here— the heart of the story is incredibly low tech. It's not like JP Morgan wanted to acquire Frank for some whiz-bang algorithm. They just wanted sales leads. It's like the most mm. old-fashioned business asset there is. It's like, um, do you know this play or movie Glengarry Glenn Ross? Like about yes. a bunch
2: of salesmen. <laughs> I'm hired to watch the leads.
1: It's like all these like old guys like cussing at each other, and they're always like, get me the leads, get me the leads. I'm not
2: permitted to give them the premium leads.
1: JP Morgan just wanted leads. And that's why they wanted to buy Frank because they thought Frank had already done the hard work of finding good leads. you know, like, like,
2: this is worth $175 million to us. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They is paid wow. $175 million for an email marketing list.
3: It was a very expensive Rolodex.
1: And then it turned out to be totally <laughs> bogus. So um, now, I don't know. I hope someone learned something. This episode was produced by Audrey Dilling with engineering by Catherine Silva. Those fact checked by Sierra Juarez and Dylan Sloan. The At Leigh's senior producer, Kate Cannon edits the show and the indicators of production of NPR.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor Charles Schwab with its original podcast on investing. Each week, hosts Lizanne Saunders, Schwab's Chief Investment Strategist, and Kathy Jones, Schwab's Chief Fixed Income Strategist, along with their guests, analyze economic developments and bring context to conversations around stocks, fixed income, the economy, and more. Download the latest episode and subscribe at schwab.com slash oninvesting or wherever you get your podcasts. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com NPR. What does it mean to be Black in America? And NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as the Black experience, you'll hear, it means everything. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths, wherever you get your podcasts.